0: This is Sports Best, broadcasting fake, live, and direct on the Reposted Podcast Network. Andrew, I can't believe I'm going to do this, but here it is. I'm going to do today's show left-handed. As you know, I'm very pro right-hand, but today I'm going left-handed. I'm Larry Olson. He is the one and only Andrew Boom Boom Keller, Mr. Keller. I don't know if you checked your email this morning, but Reuters just came out with a story
1: that the Sports Best is the number two show on the Reposted Podcast Network. (laughs) So we are holding strong in the ranks. Share this show with a friend if you like it. Say, hey, you know
0: what? I got this great show. These two guys are hilarious. Check it out. That's really funny you read that because I heard it's super competitive in the top five rankings on the Reposted Network. So that's crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, we're holding strong and I appreciate that. And uh, I think it's probably because of the stunts you pull like doing left-handed shows
0: (laughs) and one show you did not wearing a shirt. It was hot. I heard that was one of our highest rated shows. All right. I know that my partner loves the stats, so we're going to start with this juicy nugget. Mets pitcher Jacob deGrom is off to a very nice start for 2021. In his second start since returning from the injured list, he threw six scoreless innings on Monday night in the Mets' 6-2 victory over the Diamondbacks, lowering his ERA to .71, the lowest for a qualified starter through the end of May since... 1964 in his eight starts he's allowed no runs three times one run four times and three unearned runs at a game at course field as you know they like to hit lots of balls out there with eight strikeouts and six innings monday night he's now up to 82 with just seven walks in monday night start he finished with a ridiculous 27 pitches at 100 miles an hour plus the third most in a single game since 2008 eat on those stats mr keller yeah, I mean, you got the exact desired effect by sending this story to me. I, I looked up a lot of stuff.
1: Um, it's not about how you start; it's about how you finish. I mean, we're two months into the baseball season. That's great. you don't win the World Series. Failure. The San the Golden State Warriors went seventy-three and nine. They did not win the NBA championship. That's really cool. I did see something, though. I'm more concerned with the full season stats. Ugh. The only person in the top 50 in the modern era of baseball, 1968, Bob Gibson, for the season ERA, was 1.123. Everyone else in the top 50 did it before
0: 1920. So, I mean, that's great. The odds that uh, DeGrom keeps his ERA under one for the entire season? Oh. I would yeah, that would
1: pay huge. That would that's that's higher than lefty winning the PGA championship. That's crazy.
0: I do I did love this stat because it was like, I don't know how they kept it, but like he has the lowest qualified ERA at the end of May. Like, so then they have that for June, July. I just love I think this. Someone stat. someone sees a cool stat and they just have to
1: they'll they'll alter <laughs> the story to fit whatever it is. One side note that I don't know if you knew this but an intern. Bob Gibson, Bob Gibson is his godfather. St. Louis Card what? Bob Gibson is the godfather of intern Kirk.
0: <laughs> well, th- this is the last thing. Forget about the ERA, who whatever. But you can qualify that he had 27 pitches over 100 miles an hour in one game. Yeah. That- that- that's a big deal. He's he's great. He's on fire. I mean, but it's all about how you finish. I think it's <laughs> it's great
1: to keep watching. It's great if you're doing fantasy baseball. But if you're worried about winning... Um, the World Series, you got to have longevity, and maybe he will. Maybe he will be the single best pitcher that ever pitched a season. I don't know yet. We don't know, and that's part of the fun of it.
0: I wonder. Uh, well, by the way, the Mets lead the NL East. I was just about to say are the Mets going to suck again. They lead the NL East by three and a half games over the Braves, so maybe Degrom might actually play a, pitch a meaningful game at the end of this whole season. Hey might i'm excited to see that (laughs) i don't know if we've ever
1: talked about in this show but you have been
0: trying to get an nft Ah. specifically made for your house have you done that yet um i am i've been dming the pixel activist we're trying to work out a schedule oh it uh it takes a while to put the nfts together the non-fungible
1: tokens for the people who haven't seen the news in the last two months anyway Major League Baseball has finally announced that they are partnering with Candy Digital and they're going to be releasing NFTs as a move to try to get baseball more involved in the NFT market. So they made this announcement that they're going to do it. um, And their first release will be on July 4th. And it's going to be uh, a -a one-of-a-kind production of Lou Gehrig's luckiest man speech. Which is cool. I mean, I finally kind of understand uh, NFTs. I mean, think of it as like baseball trading cards. It's like, okay, I can have a copy of a, of a Bo Jackson rookie card, but if you don't have the actual one, it doesn't count. But I mean, you can go on YouTube right now and watch Lou Gehrig's speech on YouTube, and you'll hear... Today, I
0: consider,
1: I consider myself, myself the luckiest, luckiest man, man, man on, the face, on the, the face of the earth. Of the earth. So... There's a market for this, and I think it's fun for us to watch, but it's it's pretty volatile like crypto too. So are you
0: on board with this? Are you going to buy any of these MLB NFTs? Well, I just like the idea that, I mean, it seems like baseball's old school. They kind of are way behind the times. NBA's doing this for a couple of years now. They have NBA Top Shot where mm-hmm. you own like a seven-second cut of a slam dunk or whatever. And by the way, I've been trying to get an NBA. like It, it really is like a baseball card. You have to buy the pack that they give you. On the open market like you can't just get the one you want you can bid for it I I can't even I can't even get on the list to get a packet of videos like it is sold out you can't I can't even get log in the website is so busy to get a video from the NBA so I like that baseball's getting on this I think it would be very cool if I said I owned the Lou Gehrig speech I'm sure that's gonna go for like a hundred grand
1: It's going to go for something, yeah. I mean, there's also this perceived scarcity. The top shot for February and March combined. Their sales on the secondary market have topped $200 million. So people are doing it, but it's kind of cooled off, and I don't know if the novelty will wear off. I think there's money to be made in a very small percentage, and we'll see headlines about big things happening. But I think macro, these NFTs won't continue to be as hot as they are. I think they might be the future, but I'm not interested in collecting
0: NFTs at this point in my life as, a, as an investment. I'd like a Mike Trout home run. I'd take one of those. I don't know how much that's going to cost, but I'll take a NFT Mike Trout. Yeah, I mean,
1: I guess I get that for being able to say I own this and I'm going to sell it later, like owning art. But as far as having it for your enjoyment, I don't know if that's worth money to me when, when you can watch... Like, just an unrestricted copy of it over and over as much as you want, like, unless there's a sentimental value to it. Like, if you caught that home run or something else, yeah, like that's idea,
0: too. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, listen, I love the shiny new object. So, if anybody wants to buy me an NFT for Christmas, please feel free to. I'll take baseball or I'll take NBA, whatever you want to do, I'll take either. Okay. Our boy Patrick Mahomes calling his shot a la Babe Ruth, former league MVP, telling Bleacher Report. The only record I have in my eyes on breaking, which would be new this year, is going 20-0. and 0. Quote, it's not really a record that can be broken, I guess you could say, but I think 19-0 is the record right now, so being able to go 20-0 and, and be the first one to do so would be awesome. I get where he's coming from. There's probably enough pressure on Mahomes to begin with. I don't know why he needs to go out and say he wants to go 20-0. and 0. Every single player in the NFL wants to go 20 and O
1: this <laughs> story was spun out of nothing. He's not saying we are going 20 and 0 but every single, I- I'm sure if you pulled everyone in a locker room before every game, you would get a 99% coming back saying that we are going to win. I mean, maybe in game 17 and you're not going to make the playoffs, you might not think you're going to win, but if you have a quarterback at the helm that doesn't think they're going to win every game, you should get a different quarterback. So I love Mahomes. I think he's going to do great. They could possibly win the Super Bowl, but the fact that they're trying to spin it and use him as bulletin board material that they're going to go 20 and
0: 0, like I don't think I don't think he's going to do that. It's just not going to happen. Well, listen, the Chiefs open against the Browns on September 12th. They also play the Ravens, Bills, Titans, Cowboys, and the Steelers, so they don't have cupcakes on their schedule. It would be remarkable if they just made it to the Super Bowl because, as you would know, as you know, that would be their third straight Super Bowl. That would be, I mean, even if they don't win it, going to three straight Super Bowls is a big deal. Right. The Buffalo Bills did that. Boy, I love losing Super Bowls. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, but Scott Drew in two thousand three was like, "We're gonna win NCAA tournament." He did it eighteen years later. So I mean, every <laughs> like it's just further proof that everyone says that, and if you don't actually achieve it, when the feat comes and goes it's not like we're gonna go back to patrick mahomes and be like hey you promised us a 20 and 0 season it's eh. i think as as you say you love content the people that wrote this story at fan, fansided.com love content so i don't know maybe tom brady will put that up in his locker being like this guy's not going 20 and 0 <laughs> he loves- might tom brady loves the bulletin board material he might yeah, he does. He finds ways to get upset. <laughs> people love getting upset. Moving on to Indy. Last year the 2020 Indy 500 did not have spectators, but this year they went to 40% capacity, which is mind blowing to me that 40% capacity is 135,000 people. At 135,000 people. I think that's great. Another <clears throat> example of people loving content. The headline was that uh, the Indy 500 has one of the biggest crowds since COVID with 135,000, few wearing masks. I mean, that few wearing masks is kind (laughs) of a a clickbait title. I mean, it wasn't a regulation. People are vaccinated. We're over a year into it. I've said this the whole time. You know your risks going out. So I don't know how much. I hope this isn't a narrative much longer on
0: people wearing masks or not. I thought it was just kind of cool that the world's largest sporting event happened since the pandemic was in Indiana. I mean, I thought it would be in Barcelona or somewhere, but it was in yeah. Indiana. It was a soccer game or something. I think just the nature of the track
1: being so big, yeah. they just have the space. Like you can't, you can't, it's hard to get over
0: 150,000 people around a soccer field to have a meaningful view of the game. Did you uh, happen to catch into the action, the annual singing of Back Home again at Indiana? Or did you did see? Not, I did not watch that. Did you did you listen? Watch? I well, the kids, we've been watching this uh, show on Netflix, uh Formula One, so they're kind of into racing. Um Isn't come- that, like F1, the Chase for Success or yes. The Dream. Yes, great. That's a great show. I need to check it out. So awesome. And then also, you know, the winner, Helio Castroneves. I think he becomes one of the few people that won it four times in a row. Um, when he gets to victory lane and wins, they put him, they make him drink a bottle of milk. For some reason, that's another tradition at the Indianapolis 500. They got to drink a bottle of milk.
1: Yeah, that's something that's been a tradition for a really long time. Did you see Ford vs. Ferrari? I, that movie was awesome. We all love that. That was, um, I th- it might have been Carroll Shelby or the other guy, like was the genesis of people sh- popping champagne at the end. like After winning, that was from auto racing is where, where that got the start, which I think is
0: pretty interesting. And I feel like that's the Le Mans. Is that, was that the It was the Le Mans, yeah. So the, the, the triple crown of car racing is the Indianapolis 500, the Monaco Grand, Monaco, Monaco Grand Prix, and then the 24 Hours of Le Mans. If you win those three, that's the triple crown of car racing. Yeah. Do they talk about on that F1 show about how those guys train? I
1: saw a video of a top racer, and they have like weighted steering wheels, and they practice turning and braking, which makes sense when you think about it. But you're like, oh, it's driving a car. It's not just driving a car. Everything's custom fit. That's cool.
0: The one at the race in Singapore is like super hot. They like lose. I forget how many gallons of water a second as they're driving this car around gallons, Singapore gallons per second gallons per <laughs> second The technical term. You wouldn't know. Cause
1: it's deep they have love. a, they have an IV just pumping water into them as it comes out.
0: We talked about this story last week, the second ranked women's tennis player in the world, Naomi Osaka, before going to the French Open, posted that she was not gonna take questions from the media. So she goes to the French Open, she wins her first match, she stays true to her word, skips the media session. The French Open then finds her $15,000, she goes back on social media, confesses that she struggles with depression and that those media sessions make her very anxious and as a result, she pulls out of the French Open because she doesn't wanna do any more media sessions. we could talk about this in general, but here's what I would say. They're, they got to come to some conclusion. here. Obviously, she really does suffer from depression. Obviously, these things really make her anxious. They, it would seem that the WTA, the world, they would make some sort of accommodation for someone who really struggles with depression to be able to make a happy resolution here.
1: I mean, she's been public about, about her struggles with depression since she won, I think, the U.S. Open in 2018. Like, she's had issues with it I mean is it a human right to be able to compete in professional tennis like focus on yourself take a break from tennis like I don't think she needs to be playing if that's really an issue with her I don't think like we I wouldn't if I if I ran tennis I wouldn't make accommodations be like hey you're the one exception you don't have to talk to people all of the four grand slams went on record saying if you don't complete these media obligations we are gonna there are gonna be repercussions so I think she has every right, and I fully support her taking time off. But, like, I don't think – if you struggle with depression, the like I said on the last show, the, the amount of stress just by playing in that amount of pressure has got to have negative effects on you. Like, just walk away from tennis, take a break. You can come back later. She's good. So that's my personal take
0: on what, it. What if it's really, though, the media sessions? What if it's really just the media sessions that she just can't get over? And so if that's the reason – then she's never going to play tennis again. I mean maybe I'm not going to I'm not going to play tennis
1: every it's it's not a thing that like you so many things have to happen to become a professional athlete and if it doesn't work with your personality it's
0: probably best for you not to play it. I think well, I mean, I sort of, I see your point though, but it does, m- the counter to that is though, like really, what if it's just, you can't talk to the media and it would be a shame for the sports world if we lost watching her play tennis, because they're going to require her to talk to the media. You can argue whether, Hey, if you're an athlete, you got to talk to the media. That's part of the job. I get that. I get it. But it would be a shame if this was the end of Naomi Osaka, because she just really has a major anxiety problem and can't handle sitting in the media room. It would be, and I agree. I completely agree
1: with that. My um, pessimistic or negative take on that is that 15 years ago, people had anxiety and they were allowed to take their service animal on the plane. Flash forward 15 years, the airlines banned dogs from being on the plane because everyone's like, I can't do it. So someone goes to an online doctor um, and Rafael Nadal says, I don't want to do this. I have anxiety. I'm not going to do it. So I think I'm just saying, People are terrible. And I that's, that's kind of my take on it.
0: No, I listen, I love that analogy, by the way. <laughs> but it's more for me, it's Trader Joe's. Everybody's freaking bringing their dog in there. I gotta bring my stress dog in. Come on,
1: bro. Yeah, I don't Come I don't on. need dog hair on <laughs> my produce. Yes. Well, from my negative take to more positive spin, <laughs> Justin Thomas, the number two golfer in the world, was in Fort Worth over the weekend, and he gave a check of an undisclosed amount of money to I guess now professional golfer, Michael Visaki, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but this guy qualified for his first PGA tour event in his life. And they caught him on camera talking to his dad and he's just bawling because he's so happy. He said, even with all my success, it's still very, very, very hard to make a living. If I was having to pay rent, I probably wouldn't able to play professional golf as much as i've won in the past and so justin thomas giving him a little injection into being able to continue to pursue his career
0: so he gets on tour and gets do we know how much um justin thomas gave him no the the story said it was undisclosed amount but to be clear to, to
1: clarify michael Visaki didn't make the tour he qualified for the colonial in fort worth and that doesn't mean that you're going to every event it's like he qualified for this tournament, and he's, he's still grinded. I mean, you have to pay entry fees for these tournaments of 500 to $1,500. And if you're not making a lot of money elsewhere, it's hard to make that make sense. And if you're practicing golf all the time, you can't really have a, that lucrative of a job.
0: You know, it'd be interesting, like if you were rich where you had lots of discretionary money, how many times you would just give things away? Because I'm sure you, I mean, if you're rich, you could probably just be giving money away at every turn. I mean, you could be.
1: But I, I guess it also depends on how you got rich. You could either take the Frank Sinatra approach, or you could take the uh, J. Paul Getty approach, who was historically very stingy with his money and uh, didn't want anyone to have it. So there's the two different ways. But this is a good story, and uh, maybe... We could get a video of you crying on and I can see if that goes viral. We we can get someone to
0: infuse this show with some cash. I feel like this is eerily similar to a Jubilee experience. I owed you some money once and you just claimed Jubilee and I didn't know it back to you. I feel like it's eerily similar.
1: Yeah. If anyone's confused on what Jubilee is, look it up on Urban Dictionary. I have a published uh, definition of Jubilee under my name. I'm on Urban Dictionary under three different definitions, which is fun. (laughs) Well, three-on-three basketball is going to
0: be at the 2020 Olympics. That's crazy. I don't think it's crazy. I think it's very natural. It's like the evolution of sports. It's the evolution
1: of sports because it's another way to bring in people watching TV. I watched a little bit of this three-on-three basketball in the qualifying tournament. And I'm going to say, I would rather go to a preseason WNBA game than watch another second of three-on-three basketball. It's terrible basketball. The announcers are trash. But the USA men's team didn't qualify. They lost to the Netherlands in the quarterfinal. The women's team did qualify for the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. So good on them. Three-on-three basketball is trash.
0: WNBA fans, you can send your complaints to Andrew at sportsbest.com. That's I just Andrew. said I wanted to go. I'm going. The LA Sparks. <laughs> Honestly, I believe. I don't even know who that is. Is that a fascinating? Just make that up.
1: She's like one of the most famous women <laughs> to play basketball. I think she has since retired, but Cheryl Swoop's aptly
0: named. <laughs> send your complaints to Larry at sportsbest.com. <laughs> oh my gosh three-on-three three basketball. I can't wait. This has been sports best. He's Andrew Keller loving stats at every second of the day. I'm Larry Olson. We'll see you next time.